Colts manufacture. The bead-encrusted moccasins finished off the lean-hipped, broad-shouldered figure. The deep-set, calm, and thoughtful gray eyes seemed to be lethargic, but they didn't miss a thing as the ragged travelers down at the creek went about setting up camp. Caleb Dorn, on first sight, appeared deceptively docile and lazy, but a closer study showed small things that had been unnoticed at first. There was the impassiveness of the eyes, the slight prominence of the rounded jaw and chin, the thin, slightly hawkish nose, and the quick, gracefully casual movements of the muscular body. All the things one had heard then began suddenly to take creditable shape. For there was a hard-to-define capability about the man that was at once a warning and a promise that once aroused, Caleb Dorn would be very dangerous. The emigrants down at the creek were nothing out of the ordinary. There were scrawny women, gaunt, hollow-cheeked men, and fragile, solemn-faced youngsters. The wagons were battered and scarred, and the livestock was thin and dry-eyed with fatigue. Automatically, the travelers set up their camp and built small, fragrant fires. Spirits arose gradually, and nasal voices sang out to one another. The sounds drifted up to the solid section of Willow Creek, and the general store's proprietor, short, hard-eyed, capable, and dogmatic Cy Elmore, came out onto the plank walk built under the overhang of his store and looked callously down at the emigrant camp. Speaking to no one in particular, he grunted aloud, "'More of them. Means the pass is open again. Reckon the Oregon and California travelers will be commencing to come again. That means spring is here.' He turned abruptly and saw Dorn watching the camp, too. Caleb, appears to me that California ought to be filled up by now. Dorn tossed a casual, disinterested look at Elmore, grunted audibly, and returned to his speculative watching of the emigrants. His thoughts were somber and shrewd. The nation had recently gone through one of the worst civil wars in history, and never had a country been better equipped to turn its face westward than was America. Eighty percent, perhaps more, of the emigrants had borne guns through the bloody conflict, and now, trained and inured to hardship, they were setting out to conquer and open up their newest possession, the American West. It wasn't like the Crusades, he thought, where the warriors rode forth full of pride and piety to be butchered by a savage and fanatical foe who knew all about contemporary fighting. These people were as hard and as ruthless at the core as the land and the Indians they were pitting themselves against. He straightened up and walked silently away, balanced on the balls of his feet like a mountain man. Elmore watched him head toward the camp along the river with a thoughtful gaze. He shook his head slightly and went back into the store. California? Dorn watched the man as he spoke. The sun-tanned, hawk-faced immigrant looked closely at Dorn before nodding his head. He guessed the frontiersman to be a squaw man, one of those white men who forsook their own kind and went Indian. As yet, he was new on the frontier, and beads and buckskin meant only one thing to him. Indians. I reckon, at least we're heading that way. Dorn nodded slowly. You're the first party through so far this year. You gonna wait for another train before going on? The man snorted derisively. Hell no, what fur? Indians. Ain't seen any yet that'd scare me, and we've come a long ways.
Dorn's eyes were sardonic. It was an old story to him. The plains and forests were full of unknown graves and scattered bones. Scorn, contempt, and overconfidence had accounted for more butchery on the trail than ignorance. He let his eyes wander from the thick black low-heeled boots of the emigrant up past his shapeless dirty woolen breeches tucked into the boots. He saw the scarred old cartridge belt, the battered pistol, the butternut shirt of homespun faded cloth, and the bewhiskered lined face of a young man whose life had left harshness and hardship etched deeply into every pore. The eyes were good, Dorn decided, young and brazenly courageous, but good, steady eyes. You the leader of this train? Yep, name's Josh Harris. The man looked inquiringly at Dorn. You, uh, uh, a native?